Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. I am Peter Rosenberg. I come to you from just down the street from the Thunderdome um, in Orlando, Florida, where we just got done with a very mage hell in a cell pay-per-view. So without any further ado, we're going to dive right into it. Want to see all your comments, all your questions, and of course the Cheap Heat podcast will be dropping later this week. So if you don't currently subscribe to Cheap Heat and you're watching us on IG Live, make sure you go subscribe right That's now right. to the Cheap Heat podcast wherever you get podcasts. But SGG, let's just get right into it. Instant reaction. Um, your biggest takeaway from Hell in a Cell? My biggest takeaway is that Roman Reigns is a changed man. Excuse me, the, the tribal chief Roman Reigns is a changed man. He's a thousand times more ruthless than we remember him. He's definitely more vicious. Um, <laughs> at one point, he told Jay, I will end your life if I have to. Oh, is that a, is that a direct quote? <laughs> my, Someone's, uh, but, by the way, I apologize. People are saying my audio is terrible, SGG. Is this true? You sound better now. It was okay. Does that help? It did help. I, I had I had the I had the um the headset over the ear. Hopefully this will will fix it. <laughs> that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, um, direct quote. But so so this is a a much more vicious Roman Reigns than we possibly imagined. Yeah, I mean, death threat in the middle of the ring with WWE officials around, and then he he was going to carry out on his threat. If uh, the other twin didn't come down, if Jimmy didn't come down, so. And by the way, this is what we wanted. We wanted some Jimmy involvement. We wanted this to go beyond Jay and Roman, and we get Jimmy involved. And, I mean, listen, we can all, like Friday night, Booker T asked Paul Heyman on uh, Talking Smack on FS1. He said, um, what makes Roman Reigns a Paul Heyman guy? And he said, He's not a Paul Heyman guy. I'm a Roman Reigns guy. Yeah. Which, which while it's a brilliant answer, I love the answer, it also served to sort of annoy me in that sense of, oh, we still can't allow him to be a Paul Heyman guy. But listen, it's all semantics at this point because if Roman Reigns isn't a full-blown heel to you at this point, I don't know what a full-blown heel looks like. I mean, yeah. the man is ruthless. This is, this, is, this is it right here. Like This is the crossover. This is what people have been asking for. And like he's sacrificing his family to do it. Like I said, he was, he was willing to kill Jay. And then he almost pushed Jimmy to the same brink of death before Jay said, I quit. And then he finally let up. It's like he's singularly focused on that universal championship and being the head of the family. 
and he's willing to knock out anybody to do it. And then after that, gets the hug from Afa and Sika. Yeah, the blessing from uh, the Wild Samoans. And and if you noticed, um, their lay or their necklace was was different than the one that that Jay came out with, and even different from the one that Jay had at the at the last match, Clash of Champions. So like he's officially a chief now too. From the elders, they blessed him in. He is one of them. And the Usos just had to sort of just watch in awe like the rest of us. Feel free to throw up your comments, questions, etc. in the chat right now. It's Cheap Heat Live instant reaction to Hell in a Cell. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought the I have to rewatch the match because I was still at the Thunderdome, so I wasn't able to hear everything that was happening. Um, one critique I've heard is that the end... Um, while Dope went on for a long time, did it feel like they tried to d- drag out the end a bit? Um, I didn't get that, but I watched with Crystal and she got that. She at one point looked up and was like, I can't believe this is still going on. And I'm just like... So that's... I, I heard from someone who <laughs> yeah. also is not a regular watcher, but who maybe like Crystal had some interest. Right. But she was like, oh my God, it's really gone on for a long time. I'm just like, yes, this is <laughs> called captivating the audience. I'm interested right. in what's I happening know. here. So uh, I'm going to rewatch that tonight uh, right before I go to bed. Um, and now, interesting, we saw Afa and Sika. We did not see Rikishi. Rikishi. Right. So so there's still the beauty of this story is that there's still so many places you can go with it to stretch this out. And one of our uh, one of the people on the Instagram live a Pineda said, who, who does Roman face next? And I think that's the million-dollar question right now. Um, where do you go with Roman Reigns next? Because let's not forget, guys, you you blink and it's Survivor Series. So I think Survivor Series is next, right? So I think where you go now that's right. is Roman Reigns and his wrestling legacy and his family against Randy Orton. Because usually they do these champion versus champion things, but now you have... Randy Orton, who, you know, spoiler alert, he won his Hell in a Cell match, too. He's the WWE champion. So you have these two great legacies. Um, you have you can put them against each other, and it becomes more than a champion versus champion match, and that main event becomes more monumental if they go that way and they have all the champions face each other. I wonder, I, and, 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 and the thing is, does he put together a Survivor Series team where he has Jimmy and Jay sort of forced to be on his team? You know, the, what I'm sort of envisioning is that Jimmy and Jay, there's again, there's so many options. They can begrudgingly sort of be rolling with Roman, or it can start off as they're begrudgingly doing it, but then as time goes on, one of them gets into it, and the other one's like, Yo, what are you doing? You know, like, there's a lot of different directions you go. But then for a Survivor Series team, SGG, you need a couple more people. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they go full-blown Survivor Series team with it. But I do think, like you said, that the Usos, as his sort of begrudging henchmen, is a thing that can drag on for a little bit. At least gets us to January, Royal Rumble time. And then Mania, they can give us what I know we want. And I know Jay wants it. Maybe Jimmy wants it too and just put put plant the seeds there for that brother versus brother while Roman maybe goes on to face The Rock or somebody um, as big. Uh, okay, a couple interesting things here actually being put into the uh, IG Live. One is, don't forget, Survivor Series, if it's like last year, that it could be 
um, Roman versus Randy versus Finn. Yeah, if NXT gets into the mix again like last year. Because that's what they did last year. That's a very good point. I appreciate that um, from 6.30. And then someone else said, and we did see a tweet the other day that made you think it was possible, Goldberg. Does Goldberg get... Well, and, and SUG, but the thing is, Goldberg could be useful in the sense that if they want to take their time having Roman just crush Goldberg and end the Goldberg thing once and for all, but bring in a babyface Goldberg and have Roman just completely destroy him could allow them to push the story forward without blowing anything big at Survivor Series. Yeah, it's true, because let's be honest, Goldberg is owed a beating from the Tribal Chief. That was the WrestleMania match we were supposed to get. We didn't get it for you know circumstances that we still don't know. You have to think that um, COVID is a part of it. Uh, Goldberg ended up losing to Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman took paid his debt to the Tribal Chief, and now Goldberg still has one that's out there. So he is owed a beating from Roman Reigns. And if he gets it in November at Survivor Series, I'll be okay with that. Just to put an end to that what if, because they built up that match to be so much, and we didn't get it at Mania. I don't want to see it at the next Mania, but if we can get it out the way at a big four in a way that shows that Roman is dominant and that he you know, puts the exclamation point and plants his flag down and says that I'm here and I'm not just here to beat up my family, but I'm here to beat up anybody that gets in my way, I'm right. glad to see Goldberg be the first one. And that's, that's a good point. And also, if, if there is this sort of thing we were talking about, this begrudging relationship between the Usos and Roman, if over the next three weeks... They're they're reluctant, reluctant, reluctant. But then the way you find out that they're on board with Roman is that they get involved and beat the hell out of Goldberg. Yeah, there's that, too. You know, <laughs> and honestly, what is Goldberg going to do? Goldberg's had a long and storied career. He's been in zero factions. Um, one tag team, which was just uh, him and Brett, which was like a reluctant sort of odd couple tag team that doesn't really count. He has no allies. Let's be honest. If Roman decides that he wants the Usos to come in and make it three on one, there's nothing Goldberg can do. And all it does is push that family story forward. Um, so there's a lot of different directions to go um, with Roman, which makes all of this very exciting. Um, this is the best thing going today. I'm, I'm very excited, and I'm glad. I mean, listen, I need to rewatch the match. I don't have, like, a rating for it yet, but I'll say this. It definitely didn't throw off the momentum. I mean, at the very least, the path is continuing with this Roman story being something awesome. So I'm excited about that. And by the way, for everyone watching on IG Live, don't forget to go subscribe to Cheap Heat wherever you find podcasts. If you're already a listener, make sure you listen this week anyway. Throw us a, a rating, a review, all that. Um, we're going to come back with another episode. I believe SGG will try to do it Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and Oh, I, I like the new nickname for SGG Sport, SGG Cardigan. <laughs> We've never seen this before. Yeah, this is my look. I love cardigans. <laughs> you know, it's, S- a nice, it's a nice Sunday. It's a nice Sunday vibe, you know. Now, bad news. I did not run into AJ Styles' heater at the Thunderdome, a.k.a. The physically largest. Yeah. Yeah. I did not run into him. I wanted to get eyes on him in person. It did not happen. Um, Listen, it's probably for the best. If he was in a mood like he was in Monday, you don't want to run into him. You just you just want to stay, stay clear away. Did you see the ruthless shot that WWE on Fox took at me on Twitter? I did not. I, so there was a moment. Oh, you didn't see the kickoff show. You were busy. There's a moment before the kickoff show 
Jerry Lawler and I were inside the cell doing a little hit. Okay. Right? And Jerry's and Jerry, brave, by the way. To be in a cell with me? Yeah. I, I mean, if if I did what he did to you, I wouldn't be in the cell with you. I wouldn't be in 50 No, listen. But. Listen, I, I know. I Listen, I, I almost said to him, chill out. I ain't Andy Kaufman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But- but he he did a thing where he was like, Pete, imagine your face up against the cell, and he like pushed my face a little bit, and and WDB on Fox they they posted the photo, and said sadly Jerry Lawler did not throw Rosenberg Radio's face into the cell or, or something. What? To that. What? Yeah, they wanted Lawler to shove me face first into the cell. How dare they? I thought I don't know if that's some weird Fox ESPN beef. I I don't know what's going I on. I thought there, the good people at WWE good. on Fox had better taste than that. First of all, if I, exactly it had the bell rang while you were in, were in the cell with Jerry the King Lawler, it's not you that I fear for. That's a it's great Jerry point. Lawler. Not, if anybody's no, face is going into the cell, it's Jerry's. If anybody's right. getting thrown through the cell, it's Jerry. Thrown off the cell, it's Jerry. It's not Rosenberg. You need to fear for. I, I, you let's, know what? I got, I'll, I'll, when we're done with this, I'm going to Twitter. Apologies are being demanded, and they will be got. Yep, there you go. Let's remember the last time Fox disrespected you. We brought it to Mike Woods. We'll do it again. Yo, that's a great. We'll point. do it again. And I got a great lawyer. We'll I do got it a again. Great lawyer. His name's SGG. So let's move on to another. Um, we'll just break down the Hell in a Cell matches today. Um, let's talk about Sasha and Bailey, who I thought had a hell of a match. And Sasha, now your SmackDown Women's Champion, but I, I enjoyed that match. I thought they brought her. I thought it was pretty brutal. Yeah, I did too. I mean, they have such great chemistry. You know, for people who barely have one-on-one matches against each other, they always bring it every single time. And I mean, listen, I enjoyed all three of the Cell matches. I really loved the Roman Reigns one, but if I'm being honest with myself, the SmackDown Women's Championship that one was the match of the night. Sasha and Bailey, like they play no games. Their their chemistry is off the charts. I know. And by the way, Sasha, you know, you say whichever you want about Sasha Banks. She takes some bumps, honestly, that no one else. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know if you should take some of the bumps she did when she got thrown into the corner back first and her head hit the chair. Yeah. <sighs> it, it was absolutely it was insane. brutal. They were taking some crazy bumps. Those two. Now, so the the now here's the hard part of the conversation. I we praised the match, we loved the match. It was great. We both questioned the timing of this match. Um, I didn't love it coming at Hell in a Cell. We both thought it should last longer, and maybe play out all the way through Royal Rumble season into WrestleMania. So the question is, what happens now? Normally, a cage match. In this case, a Hell in a Cell match it ends is the feud used to blow off a feud. This is not going to be blown off. No. This, this, that is not going to be what happens here. So, you know, if... the the question I have the question I have for today, since since clearly this is, I, I would imagine this is not the end. SGG, that would be such a weird time to end this story. Yeah. I'm... So, what do you do? How do you go past a Hell in a Cell match? I mean, it's weird because, like you said, if anything, this Hell in a Cell, which is usually like the blow off was the beginning for them, really. And so, you know, you want to separate them. I would think they would have to separate them, get Sasha in there with somebody else. At the very least, though, Sasha needs a successful title defense, honestly, because her luck with the Raw Women's Championship, it was not great. She would win it, 
on a Raw, lose it at a pay-per-view. Hopefully she has some different luck this time. time. She won it at a pay-per-view. Hopefully she can hold on to it and she can run it to Mania where they can bring them back together again. Because, I mean, as much as... One thing WWE did right with Sasha and Bayley, as much as we question the timing of it every single time, is they did actually make us wait for this match. Because there was a situation a few years ago where they could have had a one-on-one match and they ended up going to therapy, being friends, and pulling two tag team championship reigns out of it. Sasha protecting her SmackDown women's title. Uh, Sasha got another Raw women's title run out of it. So they stretched it out for a long time. So if they can just manage to do that again for six more months or whatever it is to get us to April, then this could be a great Mania match. But I really don't know who they put in the interim to fill in that space because they have to keep them so, away from each other. Multiple people are saying in our chat that that Bailey's taking time off. Yeah, that that um, should be okay. that's the move. And and of course she's coming off of an epic what three hundred and forty five day title run. Yeah, I mean she's basically just held the title constantly on SmackDown. So, you know, if she is taking off that's good it's interesting though let's say she were to take off till the rumble come back and win the rumble and call out sasha i guess i'm being nitpicky and saying that it feels weird for the heel to do that um at the same time with bailey taking that much time off which would be november december full three months when she comes back, is she even going to feel like a heel anymore? That's the hard part. It depends. It all depends on that reintroduction, right? Because if we're still in the Thunderdome and they're piping in audience sounds, she's going to be whatever they crank it to. If they if they give her some cheers, she's going to be a baby face. If they give her the booze, she's going to be a heel. And it'll all depend, too, on how they execute that victory if she does win the Rumble, right? Because if it's a situation where, you know, like Stone Cold, when he won his first of, I think it was three in a row or something like that, and he gets eliminated and then comes back in and there's some shenanigans, then her victory's in dispute and it's not this honorable, straight-up dominant victory. It is the type of victory that you can question and say that, all right, this person is a little bit on the bad side of things, is a little bit naughty here. The interesting part about Bailey is, and this is something where Bailey really deserves a lot of credit, she was she's such a natural baby face. That's what her entire yeah, character was. It's true. Was being the most natural baby face ever. Um, and then it turns out she's a phenomenal bad guy. Yeah. Like the, she's incredible at it. And it's interesting because Sasha is a brilliant, in my opinion, in ring wrestler. But staying good guy or bad guy is hard for her. She, like, naturally hovers between both. Like, Sasha the good guy, kind of. But once you start, once she starts talking, Mm -hmm. then she she moves over into that heel territory. Yeah. Like, and honestly, I was already thinking today when she won, I know this is really nitpicky, nerdy music, wrestling talk, but when, and they play the remix version with Snoop. I'm like, no, if she's going to be a good guy now, go, go back, back to the original song. You got to go back. We need the original. So I hope next on Friday she should come out to the old song, a hundred, yeah. if they're trying to go that direction. But it will be really interesting to see where they go. And they both just bring such different things to the table. I mean, you don't think of Bailey being 
an in-ring technician or like she does one particularly particular thing amazingly well. However, she's such a great dance partner for Sasha. She is. She is. And I mean, you watch them, and like I said, they have such good chemistry. And then the history of, of their matches, too, they pull back. Because, I, I mean, that finish reminded me of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Because there was a moment in that match where she had Bailey in the bank statement. And Bailey had just come back from, like, a hand injury. And she's stomping Bailey's hand to try to get Bailey to tap out. It didn't work out in Brooklyn. But now she's using the chair. And she's stomping the chair. And she gets the job done with the same thing that she tried to do years ago. So I just appreciate like the little callbacks that they do to to their rivalries from years past. Now, Los makes a good point, which is don't forget about Charlotte. Now, Charlotte coming back. Um, Charlotte was drafted to SmackDown, right? Yes, she was. So Charlotte coming back and calling out Sasha is interesting. Um, I don't know when Sasha, when Charlotte's getting back exactly. Charlotte like Charlotte is basically Sasha too, in that she just lives between good guy and bad mm-hmm. guy. It, it, there is not a discernible way that she goes. It's like, in some ways, I think she's more naturally a bad guy. I really do. Is that because um, of, of the, you know, she's the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game? And by the way, we've been corrected. We are hackadoodle doo. Charlotte went to Raw, so there'll be no calling out Sasha Banks. She might still SGG, do. It. You're the stat guy. No, no, I'm, stat, I'm, I'm SGG. I'm supposed to get it. Wrong. I'm SGG. No one. Must... Oh, so now SGG yeah. doesn't even mean stat guy. It's anymore. like Triple H. He's just Triple H. Just Triple H. Yeah, but people still call Triple H Hunter. Yeah, yeah, but you, uh, you can call me. You call me Greg. You can't call you. No, stat? you call me Greg. You call him Hunter. You call just me Greg. Greg. Got yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you guys for correcting us. We are hacks. Um, I thought it was so weird. Charlotte getting drafted while on the shelf was so weird. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Like, who, Dip, who didn't get drafted. Dip made a great point. And by the way, and by, yeah, Dip made a great point. And by the way, Dip's point proven right now because you end up in a spot and maybe they have another plan. But if they had not said one word about Charlotte, if Charlotte was ready to come back, how hard would it have been if Sasha goes to have her celebratory promo this Friday and Charlotte's music hits. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Keep that mystery. Because you have the option. She hasn't been drafted. She's a free agent. She can go wherever she wants. And those free agent storylines are always money. MNNTHN makes a great point. SUG Cardigan has no time for stats. Yes, exactly. Very, very good it's point. Exactly. You get me. Full blown, you get me. Full-blown Cardigan talk. Now, let's move on to the last cell match tonight. It closed the show. It's Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. And we finally got our wish, which is Randy Orton overcoming Drew McIntyre, who took a vicious bump through the announcer table. Yeah. We've seen that spot before. It's it, He did not go all the way off the cell. He went from midway up the cell, a la Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Um, last year, it was done with Shane. That was, no, two years um, ago. Shane and KO? Yeah. <laughs> oh, KO did it. Yeah, Sammy. No, right. Sammy pulls KO out of the way when Shane is coming off the cell from the elbow drop. So Shane, Shane Got does it. it to himself, and and that's my but one side of the night. Sh- did Sh- Shane fell off from the side though, not from the top, right? No, Shane jumped. I believe he. Ju- yeah, it was from the See, side. Sh- that's the difference. But, he jumped from the side. Listen, you know what though? I'm not gonna fault them for that because this cell, I'm pretty sure it's bigger and taller than the other cells, like the old cells. So them so coming off the told, side. I asked. 
I was asked when I did my little report inside the cell, I wanted the official stats of how high the cell was, and I was told 20 feet high. 30 feet wide, 30 feet long, 20 feet high. It does feel very high, though. Yeah. It, it, and I got to tell you. I think that's the else. same, so it, it just looks bigger. I don't know why, but it looks bigger. I'll, I'll tell you this, too. When I was holding the cell tonight, Yes, it feels hard in the sense that you wouldn't want your face to get slammed into it, Jerry, for sure. So act right, Jerry. But you also got the feeling, while it's hard, the give of it also would make me very nervous to walk on top of it. Of course, it would be terrifying. Of course, <laughs> like they have to. Especially, I can never get mankind out of no. my mind when I see them walking on top. It's it's ridiculous because. Yeah, I don't know what they... It doesn't look like they do anything different, too, because you can see it, like, give under their feet. Like, you can see it sort of collapse just a little bit as they walk on the top. And I'm just like, this, if you walk in the wrong spot, is this whole thing going to go? Like, it, th- There have been something like 43 cell matches now, and I'd say someone's climbed on top of it in at least, what, 15 of those? I'd say more. More than that. Maybe 20? Yeah. I'm I'm still nervous every time they get on top. It, it like makes me dizzy to even see them standing on top of it. Um, Agreed, but I'll tell you this too, and and this is just the fan in me. As soon as they're both, like when they're climbing up, I get nervous, and then as soon as they both reach the top, like that bloodlust kicks in, and I want to see somebody thrown off Rikishi style or McFoley style. They're like, I, I'm sorry. Listen, uh, listen, that's what we watch for. I'm sorry. No, I know it, it's one of the things that does keep you. Uh, dialed in. Shouts to Katie Lyman, by the way. She says 20 people have climbed it. It's around there. But uh, let me just say this. We now have what we want, which is the title off of Drew McIntyre. And I say that not as a knock to Drew. I think Drew is great. I think he did a good job given the circumstance. However, having this like six foot eight, whatever Drew is, I forget, this gigantic, muscular, good guy without a super discernible character him holding the title while randy orton chases it needs to be the other way it just had to be the other way it's time it's time and for randy orton it's title reign number 14 which puts him in a category you're talking about the john cena triple h rick flair category of title reigns and that's it it's just those four and let's be honest he's going for flair he's he's gonna probably tie at this point, you think so? I think this could be the last one. <clears throat> I mean, he has he has at least two or three more years, and that's at least two or three more title reigns if he wants them. Because again, I could see him trying to be like, you know, these younger guys are up and coming. Let them get in the ring with the legend, and then you know, let me teach him some things. But I mean, if this Drew feud taught me anything, it's that he can do that and take your title. So might as well let him. What do you think is next for Randy Orton? Because my guess is they move on from Drew here. I don't. We will not see a rematch at a pay-per-view. Maybe there'll be one tomorrow. But this doesn't go to another pay-per-view, I don't think. I think Randy Orton has someone else in at when we get to Survivor Series. Yeah, well, Keith Lee was always waiting in the wings, right? So if they don't do the champion versus champion versus champion thing... I think Keith Lee is going to be waiting in the wings for Randy Orton. And um, I don't think that means we get Keith Lee as WWE champion yet. That feels a little no, bit no, too well, soon. Nor, nor, would that make, nor would that make sense. No. Not, like, let's be honest. Keith Lee's first couple months on Raw have not 
inspired you to the point that you think he needs to have a title on him right now. No, there's still work to be done. Yeah, but I, um, I think Keith Lee is where they go with it, though. So maybe so so and then, and then Randy would have some revenge on Keith Lee. He needs to exact after losing to him at Payback. Yep, because exactly he beat Randy. And Randy, I don't think, ever got his win back on any of those Raw encounters just because of the interference from he Drew. He got broken up by Drew. So yep. now he's finished with Drew. He has unfinished business with Keith Lee. It's a built-in storyline right there. And like I said, I don't think he needs to drop the title to Keith Lee. Um, but it's the it's the next clear step for Randy Orton. And what do you think happens with Drew McIntyre? I think... I think Drew probably what realistically is going to happen is, you know, Drew and Keith might encounter each other to see who gets Randy. Keith moves on. Keith gets Randy Orton. And then Drew ends up dealing with AJ and his heat at Jordan. Honestly. What about, what about, oh, that's interesting. Him dealing with AJ and the heat is interesting. What about the Fiend and Drew McIntyre? <sighs> the Fiend is always a question mark, right? Because the Fiend could go anywhere. The Fiend... The Fiend and Randy Orton is a thing that could happen, too. I don't see it happening, but it's a thing that could happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Fiend is just a huge question mark. I I do I do like the idea of AJ and, uh, and the physically largest having something with Drew because I definitely don't want AJ going after Randy. I want to have Randy get to be a good, solid, bad guy champion where he takes on good guys, beats up legends, lets, and then... And then, based on the timing, it would be just right for Edge to come back. Yeah, Royal Rumble season. Yeah, I know there was some speculation that we might see Edge tonight. It didn't happen, but I mean, that's another built-in storyline right there, just waiting for Randy. And I, although the thing is, I would be so disappointed if we get Edge and Randy again, and there's no crowd again. I, I hope that if it happens at WrestleMania. You're at least seeing like a scattered crowd somewhere. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest though. It's looking likely that it's probably going to be be them in the Thunderdome, which you know, it's still no crowd. Yeah, but I don't think they've had they haven't they haven't been in the Thunderdome. It's it's better than the first two matches what they had to deal with. No, no, no. Listen, this is listen. Thunderdome is much huge, huge, huge upgrade. I am predicting right now. I think. I've been told the conversations about WrestleMania are already very active. I don't think they're taking it for granted. I don't think they're assuming things will be okay by then. I think they're preparing for a backup plan. And as I've said before, and I love the Thunderdome week to week. I think week to week and for pay-per-views, it's getting the job done. But for WrestleMania, I think what you're hoping for is the way the World Series looks. An outdoor stadium, maybe that holds 60,000. And they have 15,000, something like that. So scattered in groups, enough people where there's an impact. You see signs. You see people with big signs connecting people, all that stuff, and still the pomp and circumstance, um, but not the Thunderdome because it would be, to me, to have another WrestleMania that looks the same as the show week to week. I just feel like that would disappoint Vince McMahon. I just feel like he's got to want to be doing something different. Yeah, I mean, safety first though, P. We'll see what But have you have you watched but have you watched the World Series? I have not. You it's on right now. You should throw it on right now. It looks it looks dope. Like it looks spread out. It does not look like there are a lot of people there, but it looks like there are enough people there where it's worthwhile to have people there. Listen, if WWE does get in a situation where they bring the crowds in, 
I too, I think they're gonna make it look cool. I think they'll probably oh, like, that part they'll too. probably space it out with like video screens or or maybe virtual fans. Who knows? But like they'll they'll make it look cool. So I just I I hope we do get some sort of crowd soon. But obviously, the way the next couple of months goes is the most important thing. So you know, we know things are not good right now. And if it stays that it just depends how long these these spikes continue to go and where we are come. I guess realistically, we'll have an idea of what's going to happen at Mania probably around the top of the year. Yeah. You know, or sometime in January. Yeah. <laughs> right around the time I we think, find out who's challenging for the WWE title at Mania, we'll get a good idea of what the rest of the world is going to be doing. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, we just wanted to jump on and do. Um, a little mini reaction show. If you're watching us right now on live, again, the second we finish, go to your uh, podcast app, go to Spotify, hit subscribe. Do it on both. One, two, three, four, um, five stars too, if you can. Five stars. Share it with friends. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, um, we're gonna work on our schedule. I think try moving the show to earlier in the week. Um, I think it'll make a little bit more sense. It's really hard with the importance now of SmackDown, it complicates when you do the show. Yeah, because let's be honest, SmackDown is the A show of all of all wrestling. Like it's it's the one you gotta catch live and then And I love the two hours. It's, yeah. it's it's quick and a lot happens. And listen, I still think it's the A show, even though WWE on Fox is coming from my neck for no reason. Yeah, they still, they're gonna rethink that. that they're gonna rethink that. Yeah, the physically large is going to make his presence felt. Go subscribe to Cheap Heat. We appreciate you guys for hanging out. Hope you enjoyed Hell in a Cell, SGG. I hope you enjoyed Hell in a Cell. And, I hope and do me a favor. Stay mage. Stay mage. Take it yeah. easy, man. How'd you know? That's right. Take care, everyone. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the at this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the Majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and, like, sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out to that guy, Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. m m m, -m, -m Mitch.